Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out this week. Thanks so much for being here as always. So, well, of course, the big news yesterday as we were getting word about it throughout the day, Hunter Biden's old friend and business partner, Devin Archer, told lawmakers that Joe Biden was involved in the business to an extent Hunter used him to sell the brand. Well, of course he did. Right. I, I, I like all the talking points I mean, they, that I've seen. Yeah. So far, where it's like, well, I mean, but he was just kind of showing off to his buddies. Okay, listen, I think there, there's a guy named uh, Jeff Blair, I think is his name. He writes for National Review, does some music podcasting, uh, who said, okay, let's, let's all pretend like we weren't born 10 minutes ago. Right. And accept why it is that Hunter Biden was getting Joe on the line. And it wasn't to say hi it was to say, hey, look, yeah, you need you need a problem fixed. I got the big guy on the line. I can get him on the line anytime I want because me and my pops, we are like this, man. We are tight. You know, the thing is, they may, may very well have talked about the weather. The idea was that Joe was on the line. Right. I can get him whenever I want. That's of the entire point. Of course that's it. Yeah. Yes. When, when I it's called, not the substance of the conversation. Right. It's the fact that he was there. Right. And, and, and damn good and well what was going on. Of course. So, uh, you know, and, and of course, this completely goes against what Joe has said all along. I never talked to my son about business, never, uh, never was involved in any of this. Remember on the campaign trail, this was, I guess, as Donald Trump was about to be or, or the impeachment inquiry was underway. What what Joe Biden actually said when asked, how often did you talk to your you know son about his business? And well, he got. I've frank. never spoken to my son about his business. And so how do you know? Let's talk about, here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question: Why is he on the phone with a foreign leader, trying to intimidate a foreign leader? If that's what happened, that appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the presidency to try to do something to smear me. Everybody looked at this and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right question. Except, except nobody had looked at it. That was the no. problem. And Donald Trump got impeached because he was asking people to look into it. And that, that's, that's kind of the long and short of that story. And now, because Democrats know that the whole thing of, well, they were just talking about the weather, they were just talking about, you know, just friendly chat and all that. Now, Democrats know that that is really not flying. So they, they've circled the wagons and they've come up with a new talking point. You know, the reason that Joe Biden wanted to talk to his son so much and always took his call is because Bo Biden was sick with cancer and then passed away. What? That that's that's really what the talking point is right now. Anderson Cooper on CNN asked Democrat Representative Dan Goldman about these phone calls and uh you'll hear the timid setup as well. 
but then followed by the answer. Why was Hunter Biden having his dad, who was a very powerful person, obviously, on on speakerphone during some business with business associates in the room? I mean, it it, it could appear shady, no, at the very <laughs> least. Well, to be clear, it was social dinners um, when that he was having with his business associates when he would uh, occasionally put his dad on the phone. Now, he did this about 20 times over 10 years. And this is someone who was speaking to his father every day, especially when Bo Biden, Hunter's brother and President Biden's son, was very ill with cancer and then passed away. That, as the witness today testified, was what these conversations and these calls were about. And on occasion, Hunter Biden would put his father on speaker to say hello. Oh. So so they're actually expecting you to believe that the reason Hunter Biden in front of business associates, potential clients, etc., called up his dad again at a dinner or something to talk about his dead brother. Right. That's what we're supposed to believe. No. These people are shameless the way that yeah. they use Bo Biden's death to try to justify anything that that Joe Biden does. It, it, it's unbelievable to me. Look, man, you don't have to be Inspector Clouseau to figure this one out. Okay? No. You know exactly what was going on. You know it. Of Everybody course. knows it. Of course you he, do. He, he, is, are we supposed to believe that because of the death of his son, that he felt like he had to talk to his, his son who's alive every single day? Yes. Because we, he was mourning. The, okay. All right. See, nobody believes that. We, nobody we, does. Now, now, to me, that would make sense if it was like, hey, we're calling in the morning or whatever, and you're having yeah. a conversation. That, I, I can understand that completely. Uh-huh. But at a business dinner, you're going to, hey, I'm sitting here with all these Chinese businessmen and uh, maybe some Eastern European or, or some Ukrainians, uh, you know, uh, just want to talk about Bo a little bit, Dad. And, and while we're at it, talk about the weather. Um, that didn't happen. Right. That is that is way too much of a stretch. But it's weird get... how they could put their pointy little heads together, and this is what they come up with. Yeah. Well, this this is why. Well, it's it's basically saying it, it's letting Joe Biden hide behind the fact that his son tragically died from cancer. And then we can't condemn it or criticize right. it because, after all, then we're trotting on a memory, and that's right. Exactly. This has evil. nothing to do yeah. with Bo Biden. No. Th this has everything to do with asking and hopefully getting the answer to the question how how involved joe biden was with hunter biden's businesses See, and i think he, he can skirt around the details of i never talked business with him yeah meaning there was no no business conversation although the mm -hmm. it was alluded to by virtue of the fact that you turned up on a call right i mean i mean come on, come on man i mean <laughs> How dumb do you think every? Well, hang on. <laughs> yeah, right. but I mean seriously. I mean they're going to try to spin that story now. I'm, I'm, can't wait to hear what Corinne uh, Jean Pierre Van Camp, or Melon Camp, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what don't sully my say. good name. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> my mistake. Um, but anyway, I want to see how she's if she spins it the same way. I mean, if if they've got their story together now, and we're just going to go with this story. Yeah, uh, or or I'm just not going to address it from here. Yeah, from this right. podium, and right. I, that's what they always say. Um, I just, I, I hope she does try to get on the record about this because it'd be really fun to watch her flail around this whole issue. So hopefully, yeah, the you know uh, she probably will say something like, "I'm not going to address that from here. This is a private matter." Blah 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 blah. Whatever. 
And I can see people saying, particularly these investors, you know, you're sitting here, Hunter, and you're talking about, uh, you know, you can get this done and you're abiding. Your dad's the vice president. Are you guys even tied? Can you even get, you know, and he got him on the phone to prove his point that he could get him whenever he wanted. Totally. That closed the deal. That sealed it. That was the last thing. Absolutely. That's what it was. That and free installation. Right. And (laughs) and, uh, rust proofing and undercoating. Right. Got all that. Got to have all of that. Yes. Meanwhile, in other news, New York City Mayor Eric Adams is uh, getting more and more panicked about the migrant crisis now that it's wound up on his doorstep. God, I want to feel bad for this guy, but I don't. Oh, no, I don't feel bad for him at all. I feel bad for some of the people in New York City, Yeah, the people who didn't vote for this mess, but a lot of them did vote for this mess. So That's right. uh, It is. I'm so conflicted, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, when when it comes to this stuff and out now you've got photos out there of all these migrants sleeping on the streets because there is no more room at the inn. Uh, so Eric Adams is calling on the feds now to declare a national emergency over the border crisis. Now, when Trump tried to do this, it was racist, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When he declared a national emergency. Oh, that's terrible. It's xenophobic. It's all these things. But now Mayor Eric Adams is saying this and well, it's all good, apparently. Eventually, this was going to come to a neighborhood near you. Having someone embedded is a good start. That that came from the Secretary of Homeland Security. We want to thank him. But I've been very clear on what we need. We need to control the border. We need to call a state of emergency, and we need to properly fund this national crisis. But the border's closed. Yeah, That's what I've been told. I mean, Dorcas has said that a million times. Mm -hmm. Not open. What? I don't know what you're saying. It's not open. Yeah. We've turned away X number of people. That's records. Records of people are being turned away at the border. Yeah. yeah. And this guy is telling us, no, that's not. The... And he should know, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Well, and, and he is saying, though, that we need to close down the border. And even though I'm a, a few thousand miles away from New York City, I can hear the Statue of Liberty crying. Weeping. Yeah. As she has lost all hope in this great country. But is the left going to criticize Eric Adams for saying that? They're just kind of ignoring him. That's right. Exactly. Like Nobody says anything. Yeah. No. Well, no, they can't because it's like, OK, well, he's got his deal going on. So whatever. Right. Nah, nah, whatever. We don't care. Yep. Uh, speaking of New York, I, I thought this was pretty funny. It's making the rounds online. It's this lady who moved to Florida a couple of years ago. She had grown up in New York City and she's filming herself walking down the street of her hometown again. And she's responding to the question, do you ever miss living in New York? Do I miss it? It is the middle of summer and everyone around me seems to be pale, unhappy, masked, and trans. Okay, I take that back. Not everyone is trans. Everyone's just kind of androgynous looking. A lot of purple hair. I feel like I'm observing a social experiment. And the men are all low-T soy betas. They all have pronouns in their bios. Plus the Mario Kart styled obstacle course of having to swerve around homeless people and jump over dirty needles on the street has just only gotten more complicated. Plus I reveal myself every time I get a latte here. Asking for cow milk feels like a crime. Plus half the time they don't even have it. I'm in the belly of the beast. Accepting all prayers. <laughs> Everyone is pale, sad, and trans in New York City. Low T soy boys. Yeah. See, I, <laughs> you know, the, I I I used to love visiting New York. I, I think it, it is still a, a magnificent city uh, for a lot of the sights and sounds and and, yeah. and all of that stuff. It's a great city, but man, progressive ideology has made it to where I want nothing to do with it. I don't want to go. You know, if you could point at a city that's better off now that, that progressive ideology no. has taken hold, I mean, I'm willing to listen. No. But you can't because there aren't any. 
I mean, we well, we've been on on the air on KXL in Portland for about ten years now. Yeah, and you know, it, Portland's a beautiful city. It is. It has gorgeous Absolutely. scenery. Uh, it was always kind of eclectic. You know, progressives have turned it into a wasteland. I mean, you it's uh, you hear from people all the time, including people that we work with who who barely go downtown anymore because they don't want to dodge needles. They don't want to walk through what they call zombie land near downtown where you got all these junkies just kind of hanging out. There's they're boarded up windows all over the place. It is pathetic what has happened to these these great cities. Seattle you know, another, the same way. Uh, Seattle, another beautiful city. San Francisco, another beautiful city. Yes. I mean, I spent about a week in San Francisco one summer. It was a great time. Yeah. Beautiful people, city. But that was 20 years ago. Yeah. Progressives have completely destroyed beauty. Yeah. Because they don't think anything is really beautiful. No. I mean, it's, it's, it is, it's a bummer, man. But I, anyway, I, I know we, we just took a like really dark turn no, no, after but listening that, to something that I thought was kind of funny. Eric but. Adams, dude, again, let me just stray, say for the millionth time, Sanctuary City. Mm-hmm. Broadcasted sang- and telegraphed Sanctuary City. Yeah, we wouldn't do this in our city. We would never do this with migrants. You get them, and all of a sudden, you got a problem. Yep. How many bads are there? Two. One. Two bad. Two bad. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Ron DeSantis going after Donald Trump on the COVID record. This is really interesting because I think this is the biggest weakness that Donald Trump has in a Republican primary. Will it be effective? We'll see. We'll listen to what he said and get to much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment all week. Thank you so much for being here. Well, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, also running for president now, uh, the top contender against Donald Trump, although Donald Trump still has a commanding lead. It's what, like mm-hmm. 30 to 36 points or something yeah. like that? Yeah, it's big. Uh, I mean, again, if you are in favor of DeSantis, it's still early, but obviously Trump is the odds-on favorite uh, to win the Republican primary. Yeah, if the election and, was today, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, what's interesting to me is that he hasn't really hit it this directly. And I, what I mean by this is the uh, obvious weak point in Donald Trump's campaign, and that is COVID. That is COVID, the COVID response. Because a lot of people have complained, and I'm kind of in that boat, like you did kind of hand the keys over to Fauci and and let him sort of run the country through all of this. And I can understand it early on. I mean, everybody uh, in a position of power didn't really know what to do. But some people woke up to it more quickly than others. Mm-hmm. And Ron DeSantis was one of them who said, you know, by what, June or whatever, okay, no, we're not, we're not doing this shutdown thing. We're not closing down the beaches anymore. We're... We're we're you know, we're done listening to Anthony Fauci. We're going to go our own way because this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, And Ron DeSantis, in an interview with Fox News, went directly after Donald Trump on this particular issue. I fought his administration to keep our state open, to have kids in school. Fauci, the task force, all those people, they were sending me missives. Even January of 2021, right before he left office, his task force was telling us in Florida to close. And so he didn't have control over his own government. He didn't have control over Fauci. Fauci ran that government his last year in office. Trump should have fired him. He did not do that. He elevated Fauci and he made Fauci 
an international celebrity. And here's the thing. I fought back against it, but the reality is Fauci's policies were adopted in a lot of the blue states. Kids were locked out of school for a year. You had businesses shuttered for good, small businesses. There Should was a the U.S. have locked down at all? No, no. It was a catastrophic mistake to do that. So I, I, the counter argument that I've heard from some is that, I, I, you know, you don't really know how much the Fauci dynamic will really play in the Republican primary, because in most places, especially Republican strongholds, COVID's been over for, uh, I mean, <laughs> probably a couple years at this point. Several years. If yeah. not if not longer than that. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how fresh that is in people's memories. That being said, in a lot of states where parents had their kids locked out of school, and if you're looking at struggling in school at this point with your kids... It, it is probably still fresh in your mind, and I understand that. You know, if you're, uh, if, if you're struggling to make ends meet right now because of runaway inflation, which, of course, took off like crazy after Joe Biden took office, but, it, you know, they keep talking about how it was the global supply chain that got interrupted and there wasn't really a, a backstop to help Americans stay on their feet. There's a lot of uh, uh, potential there in what Ron DeSantis is saying, I think, to to give himself a political advantage. But at the end of the day, the question is, how can you make that a bigger story if you're running against Donald Trump? How can you make that not just about COVID, but about saying, hey, you kind of walked away from the job. You didn't make decisions that you were supposed to make. You handed other people the keys and and said, I'm just going to I'm going to do my press conferences and that's about it. Maybe it'll work, maybe not. Yeah, we'll see. But I do think that's the one vulnerability that Trump does have uh, heading into the primary yeah. process. I would agree. And you got to jog memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really do. Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were talking about polls. Kamala Harris says, "Hey, some polls show I have great approval numbers." <laughs> I can't wait to get to this one. Yeah. This is the Mark Levin Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Oh boy, you know, you know how sometimes you hear an audio clip from a few years ago and you think, man, that did not age very well. And every once in a while, you stumble across an audio clip from the archives that ages extremely well. And that is one of the debates between uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump in 2020, ahead of the election. Yep where Joe Biden was confronted with allegations that were detailed by Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's business partner, just yesterday. Joe got three and a half million dollars from Russia, and it came through Putin because he was very friendly with the former mayor of Moscow, and it was the mayor of Moscow's wife. And you got three and a half million dollars. Your family got three and a half million dollars. And, you know, someday you're going to have to explain why did you get three and a half? I never got any money from Russia. I don't get money from Russia. I have not taken a penny from any foreign source Mm. ever in my life. I have not taken a single penny from any country whatsoever. (laughs) Well, then, that is that is not aging very well. At this point, and now see, Joe Biden didn't take like a, a sack of cash or anything like you know one of the, the big burlap sacks with a dollar sign on it. No, it got <laughs> wandered through several layers of LLCs, and somebody's got to ask the question at some point. 
whether that's to Joe Biden, whether that's to Hunter Biden, if he ever climbs out from under a rock again. Hey, why is it that, you know, other Hunter or other Biden family members were getting cash through a network of LLCs from foreign entities? Where is that money going? And what did they do in exchange for that money? What was the purpose of the LLCs? Right. Well, what what business were you exactly was that? Hmm. Hmm. You know. Very interesting there. Typewriter business you had in Massachusetts somewhere. I mean, what? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Honest to God, nobody asked those questions. It's hard They're to find They're talking typewriter. about all these LLCs. I'm like, what is this? Right? It's yeah. Yeah. It's hard to find typewriter ink these days. So yeah. Right. And so uh, you form an LLC and you, yeah. that's what you produce. It. It's a very niche market. It but, is. You know. But you can make bank on that if you work sure. hard enough. Yeah. Now, uh, meanwhile, Vice President Kamala Harris did an interview with ABC News, and well, she flubbed one part, even though the interviewer actually set it up on a tee for her. Have you heard this? Nope. Okay. Well, you can enjoy it for the first time along with everybody else. There are reports that say that you have the lowest approval rating of any vice president. I'm curious how much of a role, if any, that you feel race and gender play in that. Well, there are polls that also say I have great approval ratings. I think the point that has to be made is that there are attempts to create distractions away from the accomplishments of our administration. We've created over 13 million jobs since we've been in office. Joe Biden and I have been responsible for 800,000 new manufacturing jobs in the United States, Mm. not to mention what we have done to restore America's integrity on the international stage. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Okay. Golly. It's like lie after lie after lie after lie there. That's like four in a row right there. What poll shows her above water in approval? The Harris poll. (laughs) <laughs> of, her, uh, of her family members. Yeah, not not, not Harvard <laughs> not, Harris, not, not the Harris, real, you no. know, but yes, the, the, the Kamala Harris, Harris family poll. poll. Yeah. Man, I even doubt that's true. I, you know, that's you just say stuff like that. You you deflect and yeah. say, well, there's and, and and again, well, the interview would say, well, what poll would that be? <laughs> right. I mean, I, you know, seriously, you, if if you're saying it, you must have the receipt, right? What poll are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, I haven't. I have not seen that one. I'm none. She's like skyrocketing. I mean, in generally speaking, you think the left media would yank something like that out and go see? Yeah. I mean, nobody's done that because it's not true. No. Uh, And 180 billion million new jobs or whatever her claim is, you know, you've debunked this a million times over, David. Yeah, they're jobs that got refilled. They're not. It's not new jobs. It's not a new business that opened up. It was jobs Um, that went away because of COVID. Right. It went away because states. State governments told people that they didn't have a right to go and work. And right. so um, uh, so a lot of people got furloughed, laid off, and now those jobs are open again because all the states are opening up and or have been open now for a while. Um, and so, yeah, you're getting positive employment numbers mm-hmm. that are basically just resetting where they were during the Trump administration before COVID hit. That's, yep. that's all you're doing. You're taking credit for somebody else's work. That's it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Joe Biden did an interview with a podcaster uh, based out of the UK, and he told that stupid Amtrak story again. God, I can't believe this. You know what? When I saw the video, I thought, well, this is a replay of the first time he did this, right? No. Because it's been debunked a million times. No. The, the... And then he did it again. I mean, this is fresh audio. And, and he's actually added a new layer to this whole thing. But, but. Anyway, I mean, it's incredible listening. Right down, I got to know all the conductors so well, I became friends. And one day, as vice president, I was going home on the train, which the 
secret surf doesn't like because there's so many opportunities to interrupt the train. Um, and this particular, I'm not going to embarrass him and say his name, kept me grabbing my cheek and he said, Joey, baby. And I thought they're going to shoot him. And anyway, I said, no, no, he's right. He said, I just read in the paper. You traveled a million one hundred thousand miles on Air Force planes because you got to list how many miles you travel on. And he said, "Big deal." He said, "Joey, we had a retirement dinner." He said, "You know what? You, you figured out. You know how many miles you travel on Amtrak?" I said, "No." He said, "A million two hundred thousand miles, hundred and nineteen days a year, three hundred days, three hundred miles round trip, thirty six years plus." Five. I'm going. Oh, God. My point was, I was on the train a lot. No, oh, yeah. And, and and sure, he was on the train a lot, but that Amtrak story is completely bogus. Even the no, Associated Press yeah. has debunked this because the conductor in question, he has mentioned his name before, retired from Amtrak, Amtrak in 1993 and died in 2014. Biden didn't reach a million miles on Air Force Two until 2015. Right. So none it's, of that actually adds it's up. Totally, it's out of thin air. Yeah. It's out of cloth. I mean, he may have had a conversation with this guy about how often he travels on Amtrak. It could be. That's possible. But you've taken that story and turned it into some sort of weird Walter Mitty moment. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's, you know, you can't. <laughs> he just randomly makes stuff up and he put does. himself in these positions. Yeah. And, and I like how they escalate as time goes on. Like in yeah. this case, I've never heard him. Maybe he has in the past. I've never heard him mentioned that Secret Service was about to shoot the guy. Right, I never heard that one either. Um, so. But it's like that house fire that he had. It was a small kitchen fire right? that he had years ago. Yeah. Uh, there was a lightning strike, and that fried the electronics, and there was a fire in the kitchen. Minor damage. No one was hurt. No one was even close to being hurt. And it went from minor fire to devastating fire to Jill almost died to firefighters almost fell through the floor. Right. I mean, by, by, by the time that, you know, he's done telling this story, he's going to say that it was actually at the Trinity site the first time the atomic bomb got blown up. Right. <laughs> One of the firemen grabbed his cheek and said, Joey! Joey, baby! Baby! <laughs> you know how many house fires you've had? <laughs> A million! <laughs> All right, it's that time of the show. That time of the show, we uh, go around and do what's your story? Maybe not the biggest story of the day, but something that caught your attention and you want to share it with the rest of the class. Uh, Scott, today, what is your story? Well, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, the third worst governor in America, a Democrat, but need I go on, signed a bill into law on Friday secretly. Well, not secretly, but it's very, I mean, it was a Friday, right? Late Friday. That would allow non-U.S. citizens to become police officers. That's right. Opponents of the bill are arguing that it's madness to allow foreign nationals to arrest American citizens. J.B. Prisker says, no, it's not. It provides uh, that an individual who is not a citizen but is legally authorized to work in the U.S. under federal law is (laughs) authorized to apply for the position of police officer, subject to all requirements and limitations other than citizenship, to which other applicants, are, of course, are subject. Now, according to uh, WTVO, Illinois would move, this move would allow immigrants with legal authorization to work or who remain in the country under the DACA Act to apply for a position of police officer. Well, it's, it, it's that and plus, you know, who also is legally able to work in this country for the next two years? Asylum that, seekers, migrants, that's right, recent yeah. migrants who have come in. 
the the Biden administration has changed the rules to where they've got an opportunity to work in this country uh, before their court date or their asylum hearing, which will probably never happen anyway. And so while you're waiting for that, you can become a police officer. Now, Ron DeSantis did weigh in. He said to the left, citizenship is meaningless. Illinois is now letting illegal aliens become police officers in Florida. We took action to combat the harms of Biden's border crisis. We also value our citizen officers who serve and protect our communities. As president, I will stop this. Mm-hmm. There well, you go. It seems to be common sense to me. I mean, no, you can't have non-citizens being police officers. And no, you can't have people waiting for an asylum hearing or somebody who is here illegally but is covered under Obama's uh, uh, deferred action program. Like that, that That's just madness to me from the people who say defund the police. Now we're going to turn around and, what, staff police departments with people who are not even citizens of the United States? Right. That That is madness, man. Now, it's not people who just waltz into the country. Right. Right. I mean, well, we just want to make that clear. I mean, unless somebody it is goes, well, it somebody mean- under the parole program right now, technically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If, the, if yeah. that's really the only criteria that you have to be legally able to work, then, yeah, you could actually be somebody who just walked across the border. You know, Illinois was the third largest state, by the way, to lose population and tax base. Yeah. I mean, third largest. And they're, they're gunning for number two or one. <laughs> right. Uh, but this type of nonsense. Okay. Well, whatever it is that you do, try to be the best at it. <laughs> I agree, yeah. David. Yeah. Uh, it is what your what's your story that is the uh, maybe a, not the biggest story of the day, but something that caught your attention. I love this story, especially because I'm a fat guy who loves Taco Bell. Uh, there's a guy named Frank Siragusa who wasn't happy when he got a Mexican pizza from Taco Bell. He says, I paid five and a half bucks for this. Well, it only had about half as much beef and bean filling in the actual Mexican pizza as the photo in the chain's advertising. No. So he is suing now. And he no. wants to make it a class action lawsuit saying Taco Bell is deceiving customers by falsely advertising its Mexican pizza, veggie Mexican pizza, Crunchwrap Supreme, Grande Crunchwrap, and Vegan Crunchwrap as containing at least double their actual content. You see the photos side by side, and yeah, it is pretty remarkable how different it, yeah. the, the actual product is versus the picture. My thing is like, dude, dude I mean, it's Taco Bell. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's Michael Douglas and falling down. I, I mean, want what's in the picture. <laughs> that's that's not what this is. Yeah, but, right. But I mean, it's not like I, no, I, I know. And I know. I'm and I'm a fan of Taco Bell. And Me if there too. is a class action settlement, I'll gladly cash my check for a dollar twenty five or whatever, whatever it is. winds up being, and I'll get a bean burrito at Taco Bell. And it's delicious. but it's like you don't you don't go there necessarily because it's the best. You go there because it's fast. It's fast and it's cheap. It's cheap, it's fast, you get in, you get out, you get your belly exactly. full, you move on, right? I, I barely even actually use words when ordering from Taco Bell. I just sort of grunt into the speaker. And the just, number. Four. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's Crunchwrap Supreme. Uh-huh. Oh, you sound, like a, you sound like a fat guy. You might need to get some of those Cinnabon minis that we, that we sell. And usually you're starving by the time you get in line there, too. Oh, yeah. There's that one guy in front of you who, like, orders for the entire office. There's, like, 27 (laughs) bags going out the window, and your stomach is eating itself, and you get angrier and angrier. (laughs) That guy. Yeah, but It's like the guy at the ATM who's cashing checks, right? His whole payroll. mm -hmm. He's doing it all at the ATM machine. 
I'm behind this guy. I just want to cash a check. You just want to cash a check so you can go to Taco Bell. And Bell get and frustrated get more food. All over yeah, again. be in line behind a guy who's getting feeding a family of forty. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, the uh, Biden administration is withholding funds from schools with hunting courses. We'll get to that and much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. He'll be back uh, next Monday. Uh, remember that bipartisan gun control bill, Scott? It was touted by Republicans like Senator John Cornyn. First major action on guns in a generation. Yeah, yeah, I do, but uh, yeah. I need a quick reminder there, yeah. Well, yeah, now the Biden administration is using it to defund archery and hunting classes at schools. I read this. The, the law includes the line that makes it illegal for the federal government to provide funding for the training in the use of a dangerous weapon. Now, this is through, uh, what are they called, EASA funds or something like that. Basically, uh-huh. that's the, the federal uh, funding that comes to individual school districts across the country. Now, the reason that line was included in the bill, in the gun control bill is because they wanted to appropriate different spending requirements for school resource officers. So they basically said, hey, look, for, for your other you know, run-of-the-mill resources at a school, you can't use those funds for a on-campus police officer. But we're going to have this other piece of funding available for that. Uh-huh. So they wanted to make that clear. Well, of course, the Biden administration, because guns are bad, you know, that that's how they feel. Uh, they've used that line and said, oh, yeah, well, we're, we've cut all funding for any school that has an archery program or any sort of hunting or firearms uh, 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 class or program as well, which means, I mean, believe it or not, I mean, there's like over a million kids who, who take part in these things in these programs. Sure. Um, and not, I had archery. And, I had archery in high school. Did you? N- no. Yeah, I we had, had archery. Yeah. We had archery in camp, but and we also had air rifle. You screw. You probably learned how to throw knives at people from fifty yards away. Well, that was just about survival, Scott. Right. That was, <laughs> grew up in Southwest Houston, man. Student survival class. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta cut or be cut. You know, yeah. that's kind of how it works there. The javelin toss took on a whole new meaning. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but I mean, look, there's. I, I know at the gun club that I'm currently a member of, they bring in uh, school kids from all over the region to practice and train and. And and it's it's a to me I think it's a good thing. It's it's good to teach kids how to responsibly use that type of weaponry. It takes skill. It takes discipline. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole lot of benefits to it. And unfortunately, the Biden administration is hell bent on disarming America, and so therefore it's going to go away, at least in terms of federal funding. Shot put? Is that, is that in jeopardy? Being it should be. You could you, you could really hurt that, someone. Yeah, you, you know, could, the only way to stop a, a bad shot putter is a good shot putter. Okay? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Today. Thank you, as always, for being here with us. 
So uh, the new talking point in terms of or with regards to Joe Biden's alleged corruption is a shameless one, but it seems to be catching on. So we had Devin Archer, longtime business associate of, of Hunter Biden, testifying in a closed door session uh, with the House Republicans and Democrats uh, talking about Joe's involvement in whatever it was that Hunter Biden was doing. And we know that there were like 20 some odd calls that Joe Biden was brought into. Right. He's put on speakerphone in front of prospective business partners uh, in front of Hunter Biden. And so it's gone from Joe was never involved at all to, well, he, yeah, maybe it had some. Did you see? I don't know if you saw the New York Times. It's long been known that Joe Biden spoke with some of Hunter's business associates. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> hold on. Because Joe Biden has denied that. I said, well, I didn't have anything to do with any of it. Well, except when his crackhead son was running around the world trying to close business deals with foreign entities without letting really anybody know and trying to cover it up through a layer of LLCs. But yeah, Joe Biden was brought in as the closer. Sort of the signal, hey, I can get my dad on the phone anytime you need it. All right? And we're supposed to believe that Joe knew nothing about it. Yeah, I see. Yeah. And now the talking point is that Joe Biden did it because he's just a good father. And, you know, the family had been through some heartbreak around the time when all of this was happening. Here is uh, MSNBC's Jonathan Lehmeyer, who's also one of the top Politico reporters uh, and political uh, for their political coverage. Um, here's what he said this morning on MSNBC. Yeah, maybe he is guilty of turning a blind eye to some of his son's uh, behavior. And we should put this in context. This is a time when Bo Biden, the president's other son, was ill and then dying and then, and then passed away. Uh, so perhaps he was not as attentive to what he should have been here. But again, there has simply been no evidence, Gene Robinson, no evidence at all that he was profiting from this or, he, or that either of them committed a crime. Oh. I would love to hear the reaction if Donald Trump tried to float something like that. Well, the reason I wasn't handing over any documents uh, to the National Archives is because my ex-wife, Ivana Trump, was very ill and then passed away a little more than a year ago. So, you know, you got to look, I, maybe I turned a blind eye to some things, but I was under a lot of stress. OK, well, I realize now this is going to be the spin. Yeah, they've landed on this one. You know, his son his son had died. He probably should have been a little more inquisitive. He just wasn't. Uh, you know, he didn't know why Hunter was introducing him to all these foreign people, the, yeah. these these people who he was investing. We didn't know. I didn't know. I was just being Joe. Lunch pale Joe. How you doing? Well, How you doing, Ukraine guys that are in, <laughs> investing money, uh, laundering money through my kid? What do you, what, what's going on here? You know, I, I mean, this is not hard to figure out, dude. This isn't hard. I'm just trying to think, and I'm not a high society type. I know that won't come as a shock to anybody here. Mm. But I'm just trying to think. If my wife kept calling me, or if my brother or sister or any, any family member of mine kept calling me, right. and I, w I find out that I'm on speakerphone in front of some clients or colleagues of theirs, eventually I'm going to ask, why do you keep putting me on speakerphone? Right. Dude, why, why are we doing this? Why Why do you keep doing that? That's such a weird thing that you do. Right. 
and I'd rather you not do it. I mean, everybody might have a different reaction to it. That would be mine. Like, hey, I don't want to be just put on speakerphone in front of a bunch of people I don't know. That's that I, I don't I want to do that. Uh, don't put me on the spot like uh, on the spot like that. But we're supposed to believe that Joe just thought that was business as usual. Come on, man. He knew exactly who Hunter Biden was. Of course he did. And we all know why Hunter had that party trick of calling up dad. It wasn't to talk about the weather. It wasn't to talk about baseball scores. It wasn't to talk and just make small talk. No, that's not how this stuff works. Is because... And why did what Joe have to say have to filter through a translator? <laughs> right. Well, see, you got to remember this was like back in 2015, 2016. Okay. So Joe hadn't gone completely senile just yet. All right. But they're they're really going to settle on that as a talking point? I, but apparently they have. That's the second time we've heard it from two different people now. That it's it's Bo Biden. It's Bo Biden. Bo Biden died. And he was so distraught about Bo Biden that yeah. he was calling his son every day. Well, I mean, honestly, that that might sell a little bit better than what the initial spin was. Did you see what CNN said about it right as, as this was wrapping up and uh, different politicians were doing on-the-record interviews about what they had heard? Uh, on CNN, it was covered uh, this way. And, you know, sources in the room telling CNN now that Archer did not point the finger directly at any sort of a connection between Joe Biden and his son's foreign business dealings. And rather, you know, um, said that he was that Hunter Biden was selling the illusion of said access. Boris. Really a stunning development, Zach, when you consider that Republicans were selling this as, as a breakthrough that would link Hunter's business dealings with his father. Instead, business was apparently never discussed, according to Devin Archer. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently a stunning development here. <laughs> just selling I, the illusion I, of access to the president okay or the vice president at that time selling the illusion mm-hmm. golly that's, that sounds like I an mean, rem reunion record isn't it selling the illusion <laughs> no no i'm serious i mean we are led to believe now again we are led to believe they're looking right at us when they say this that Hunter was giving off the illusion that his father was powerful enough to handle some things. That was a, that was a purposeful move on yeah. his part. This and was not some illusion. He no. was using it as leverage, and well, it worked. Yeah, of course it worked. It worked. Well, and it worked. And you know why it worked? It worked because Joe was in on it. That, yeah, because everybody knew what the score was, and of course Joe Biden's not gonna not gonna go on record with anybody and say, "Well, okay, here you go. You got to give me five million dollars." You're not gonna have, you're gonna say that in a situation where you're on speakerphone at a restaurant. Of course not. No, no you're gonna talk about the weather, and you're just gonna have casual conversation with the wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah, I, I'm available whenever you need me. This it's, is so <laughs> mafioso. Yeah. Well, it it is setting up all these bogus LLCs and Mm -hmm. laundering the money through it because you can't put one lump sum into one LLC and not get someone's attention. No, so you got to spread it out all over the place. Yeah. All right, I want to get to my favorite story of the day, and it has to do with a bunch of twig boys from an environmental activist group crashing an event featuring the Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. So. They go into this event, and they have this sit-in. They're yelling at her, and eventually she gets escorted out of the room because they can't have the event because the Twig Boys have taken over. Right. right? The Granola Gang has hit. All right? Yeah. 
Uh, they interrupt the event to demand that she end the use of fossil fuels because apparently that's something that the Commerce Secretary does or something. Uh, yeah. Here's here's part of what their demands were. Gina, end fossil fuels. End fossil fuels. Gina, end fossil fuels. Guys, Gina, if you, if you want to talk end later, we can fuels. do that. Why did your administration <laughs> approve the Alaska LNG project, which does more harm to the climate than Willow? Please don't talk. We need clean air, not another billionaire. We need clean air, not another billionaire. So, these weird little guys who haven't oh, showered man. in like six months. Yep, the um, Beta Male Club. Yeah, yep. they were they were getting or they were getting escorted out of the building. A couple of them uh, resisted arrest and wound up getting arrested. Good, uh, and uh, spent the night in jail. The glue, uh, the group that they were with, is called Climate Defense. They put out a testimonial written by the founder of what his experience was in jail. And this is the funniest thing that you might hear all day. All right. So he writes, quote, this is not an easy thing to write about, but I just got out of jail. I was trapped in a 35 square foot cage. I slept on a bare metal shelf. Denied a sleeping pad, I resorted to use my Brooks Adrenaline running shoes as a mattress. My shirt was a pillow. How do you use running shoes as a mattress? I don't understand. I'm not sure about that one. I was desperate for sleep and also unable to achieve it. I understood for the first time why sleep deprivation counts as a torture technique. These people are ridiculous. You're talking about being held in, in an overnight jail cell. Yeah. Okay. Time, ordinarily our most precious gift in this world, turned into a torture device. There were no phones, no magazines, no TVs, no books. It was just me and metal surrounding me. Dear God. Going to jail was not easy, but it was needed. I am more resolved than ever. I will continue to make good trouble until our politicians enact solutions we need. See, I think that uh, writing that kind of uh, 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 tirade should also count as torture. Because you seriously spent one night in a general holding yeah. cell at the local jail, and you're acting like you're Nelson Mandela. It's incredible. Well, you should, you should go to jail for those chants. <laughs> they were terrible you know you know next time i just say i i'm not i'm not necessarily encouraging violence but it would be i I'll, I'll just put it this way i would not lose a minute of sleep if the cops roughed him up a little bit more oh no you know just just, just go away all yeah. right i was yep. i was surrounded by metal and concrete i've what seen the inside of a cell now what were the name of his shoes again they were Brooks running shoes, which Brooks is like running pretty shoes. high like, end. Did he get paid for that? Does what? Was that like an endorsement deal? Like I, a, I, Brooks running shoes? I don't shoes? know. I'm wearing Brooks right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robin. Jamie Mark Lee is on special assignment. Boy, this is an interesting turn of events. So, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has had it with liberals lying about Florida's history curriculum. They're yeah. claiming that because of one note in the curriculum, they're teaching middle schoolers that slavery was good and beneficial. 
Yeah, I've heard all this. Yeah. Yeah. When in fact now, as as we go, uh, as this controversy drags on, because liberals won't let it go because they find it to be effective because they're shameless liars and well, media outlets will just repeat their lies because they think well it, might, it must be true. They just play stenographer more than reporter. Finding more and more instances of, uh, or more and more examples of other curricula making the same point. Mm -hmm. That in some cases, there were slaves who were able to adapt and overcome their dire circumstances thanks to the skills that they acquired. That's really not a controversial historical fact. And so Ron DeSantis has now invited Kamala Harris to come to Florida and have a discussion about Fish. this. Of course, she'll never do it. Of course not. No, there's there's no way. She's already. I mean, you've got a willing media acting as your uh, a- acting as your lapdog. I mean, why would you want to rock the boat at all? Doesn't make any sense. Somebody else found this. Uh, so the National Park Service they have uh, suggested curriculum that you can do for kids on field trips if they're going to uh, museums or historical sites, things like mm-hmm. that. And one of the lessons is entitled, A House Slave Acquiring Skills. And the description was, students analyze objects to determine what skills a house slave needed to complete assigned tasks. Students explore the potential marketability of these skills. So the National Park Service. Ugh. Saying that slavery was marketable? Mm -hmm. Terrible. Terrible. This is this is a national scandal. Is it? No, of course it's not. Everybody knows what this means. Anybody who's gone through grade school or studied history understands exactly why that would be included in any sort of curriculum. The left just lies. They lie all the time when they know they can't win an argument. Well, this is book banning. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. You would you would think based on what they've been saying that that books are banned in Florida. Yeah. These books are they're not banned. Any you can walk in any bookstore and buy whatever you want. It's all there. They're just saying you can't teach it to kids in K through three. Well, you, that's yeah, it. Right. I mean, well, no, you're not going to hand out to middle schoolers and no. and younger younger a, a comic book that shows graphic photos of a underage boy giving another underage boy a humdinger. You're not gonna no no no. Right. You can't do that. Right, you can't do that. Now, if you want to buy that book, you can go to the bookstore and order it or yeah. or, or whatever, pick it up there. Now, I, I do think you should probably be put on some sort of watch list if you're buying that for your kid. I, I don't disagree with you, but it's not illegal. <laughs> no, it's not you illegal. Know, it's not illegal. There was no. no banning going on. They just said, for these kids, not appropriate. We're not doing it. Period. And I, I really would love to hear one of these uh, one of these politicians read from these books that they're so yeah. concerned about. Well, I've said that a million times. I mean, that the the toad that runs Illinois. Have J.B. Pritzker sit yeah. on his stool, gather all the little children around him, and have him read out loud Lawn Boy or whatever the name of that book is. Yeah. I, well, I also think that you should have a reporter in the room say, well, yeah. you know, you've talked a lot about banning books. Um, so could you explain to me why you think this is necessary? And then read from one of the books. Right. I, I mean, find a selection. Do it, coward. Do it. If, and, if there's nothing wrong with it, if kids need to learn these things, then go ahead. You I think first. The, I think a reporter should do that. Someone in the no, White I House agree. press corps should do it. Yeah, I, they won't, but they should. No, they, they all got they all got mad when Marjorie Taylor Greene entered into the record pictures of yeah. Hunter Biden with prostitutes. Yeah. But they want to have cartoon versions of that given out to grade schoolers. It's almost like they don't know who took them.
I mean, he got it himself. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, on yeah, a lighter you know, note, yeah. uh, you know, quarterback Arch Manning going to be going to the University of Texas. Uh, he is 18 years old, and he has just sold one of his trading cards at an online auction for a hundred and uh, I'm sorry, a hundred and two thousand five hundred dollars. Now, is this the grandson of Archie Manning? This is a... Uh, are they related to the other Mannings? Yeah, yeah, he is. I okay. think he's a nephew, a nephew? Of, okay. uh, of Peyton Manning, if, All I'm, right. if I'm remembering that right. Yeah. Um, so this is the, the, the sale of the card was uh, part of Manning's first name, image, and likeness, or NIL, part mm-hmm. of that deal uh, for college athletes where they can make money off of that now. That is the highest selling card ever purchased on the site where it was sold. Narrowly beat out a card from NBA star Luka Doncic. Wow. Crazy, guy, huh? Guy hasn't yeah. played one minute of college basketball nope. yet. <laughs> this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show. Uh, biggest story of the day, uh, to me, it's the new talking point that Joe Biden had no choice but to be involved in Hunter Biden's business because Bo Biden had just died. Right. There is nothing that the left will not use Bo Biden's death for. He was curious about the weather in the Ukraine, apparently. Right, right, exactly. So is it raining yeah. uh, dollar bills or hundreds? Yeah, yeah is it raining there in that's, Ukraine? That's what I like to know. So we're making, yeah. you're going to make it rain, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so we'll get to that. Also, uh, the CEO of Heineken has spoken about the Bud Light uh, controversy. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, boy, this is a perfect non-answer. We'll get to that much more. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley, <clears throat> excuse me, is on special assignment. Uh, so the federal government has decided a neat little, or to take a neat little workaround to their problem with the Texas governor's floating border wall that he's put up. So Greg Abbott has put in some. Well, it's a, it's a, again, it's like a floating uh, a border wall. It's a bunch of buoys strung together. About a thousand feet long, um, yeah. that stretches across a uh, shallower part of the Rio Grande. Well, it looks like those things. If you go to a public pool that separates the, yeah. the deep end from the shallow end, it looks. But they're bigger. But that's, yeah, that's how it looks. They're yeah. bigger, and you can't really yeah. climb over them. And so the right. whole idea is to uh, dissuade people from taking that particular route. It's a kind of common sense border patrol or border control, I should say. Um, uh, method, but the Justice Department is already suing the state of Texas, saying, well, you didn't ask permission to put this on there, and it's our backyard, and we have control over it, yada, 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 yada. They have also done something else. They have identified a species of mussels, little little shellfish. Oh, yeah, mussels. That Pulling are in from danger yes. that live in that general area oh, of on, the Rio really? Grande. Are you serious? So the Interior Department's U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced this week that it would list two species of freshwater mussels, including the uh, Mexican fawnsfoot, as endangered. So they're saying you got to move that if they are an endangered species. You're putting their habitat at risk. <laughs> oh God! That, really? These people really? You're you're gonna you're really gonna put mussels that may or may not be affected by this at all? I don't know. I don't really see how they could be affected by 
by that at all. They live in the mud, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> don't see have you ever how... eaten one of these things? What one of a this muscle? Partic- I've had mussels before, not this particular Ugh, species of mussels. Gross. You don't like them? No, it's like chewing a rubber band. I like them. I mean, it, okay. it's all about the sauce, right? I mean, I'll give you mine when we go out to eat if we ever get them. <laughs> you can have them. You know what? Actually, uh, totally ADHD theater here. Um, I used to like mussels until after Anthony Bourdain passed. There was an anecdote about him where unless he personally prepared it or knew the chef, he would never eat mussels at a uh, restaurant huh. because he because you can screw it up. And if you screw it up, you can get really, really sick. Yeah. And uh, he so apparently he would never have that. And I thought, well, I you didn't know, know that. OK. I used to like there you oysters. Go. That's a helpful tip right there. Yeah. Yes. I used to you, like David. oysters, too, until I realized that when you're eating raw oysters, they're still alive. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> now I feel ill. <laughs> so I used to like them, and I Gross. I like the taste and everything, but yeah, I do. Uh, uh, yeah. Man. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not interested in that anymore. Okay, all right. Just the thought of it more than anything, of eating something that's still alive. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Uh, unless I'm starving, in which case, <laughs> right. oyster yeah. me, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so the, the Biden administration is now, they are going to use every tool they can to try to keep this border open. So they don't like the buoys. All right, we're going to use muscles to try to Unbelievable. Try to prevent you from doing anything about the open border. It is it is really disgraceful. And but you know again, the Democrats right now are going to use every dirty trick they can because they know on so many different issues they're losing the argument, so they need to lie, they need to uh uh, uh try to uh, pull clever legal maneuvers in order to make sure that they get their way because nobody's happy. No, no real person who's affected no, by it is not. happy about the border crisis. I even, agree. Even the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, is saying, hey, look, eventually this could wind up on your front door. Well, that's what a lot of us have said about you, dude, when you're talking we told, about We told you this when you had your, well, you guys had your hands up going, yeah, we're, you know, sanctuary city. Yeah, it was. It would eventually come to you. And he wants a state of emergency declared over it. And I just saw a piece on New York City, and it is it is a disaster. Yeah, I mean, there, it, it it is filled up well with people sleeping in bags on the street, and it's it's really awful. Well, well, yeah, it's almost like if you tell a bunch of people we're going to take care of you, yeah, uh, they're going to show up, and if you do nothing to stop them from showing up, uh, they're going to overrun your city. Yeah, and. You know, it's time for people to to stop with this line of, oh, well, that's hateful to say that they're overrunning or whatever. Well, look at the shelters in New York. Look at what's happening outside of different hotels where there are people sleeping on the street. What would you call that? It's a humanitarian disaster. Well, you mentioned those smaller towns in Texas. Yeah. or Brownsville and such. What do you you think about what do you think is going on in Del Rio? I mean, yeah, right. But no, we have to protect the shellfish. That's (laughs) the mussels. It is it is nasty, man. It is nasty. So anyway, moving on. Bud Light sales have been pretty brutal. We all know that uh, after the whole Dylan Mulvaney thing. Yep. One distributor told the New York Post, and we'll we'll get into the details a little bit later. That quote, Bud Light can't come back from this. It's like you look over the years; it's been trending kind of downward because people have wanted more interesting beers. They've wanted craft beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want seltzers, things like that. But but it was still the number one beer for the last 20 years. Yeah. And they have tanked the brand now because of the partnership with the trans influencer Dylan Mulvaney. 
lot of people didn't like it. And I told the story last week about this where a neighbor of mine was having a barbecue. I asked if I could bring anything, and he said, you can bring some beer, uh, but just no Bud Light because I don't want it to be a thing. Oh. Like, not he's not a Fair political enough. guy at all. No, I know. I, I get it. You're you're bringing a couple dozen it. people over. Someone cracks open a Bud Light. Someone makes a a, a joke about it. Yep. Somebody takes offense, and now suddenly yep. it's a thing with a capital T, man. And it, it's just we're he wanted to avoid all that. And I, I understood I it. I don't know if this is a great comparison or not, but brands can be ruined quickly. Oh yeah. By one one campaign. Case in point, and and again, this may be a bad comparison. But the dorky kid on Beavis and Butthead, when he first appeared with a Winger T-shirt on, yeah, end of the band. They were over. <laughs> a Kip Winger will tell the story. We were done. We were the dorky band now. One time. That's it. <laughs> Dylan Mulvaney does one does a thing in a bathtub with a can of Bud Light, and they create a can. I don't even know how many people actually saw it. Yeah. But it didn't matter. No. It reverberated through the bass. Like, what the hell is going on here, right? Yeah. Well, and and a lot of Coors, people... I just saw where Coors put Rip Wheeler in their ads now. <laughs> really? And they smell blood in the water. So there's Rip popping a Coors and, and saying something about, you know, we could do movie stars or rock stars or whatever, but we're just a, this kind of beer, whatever, you know? Yeah. Not not saying Dylan Mulvaney, but what he's saying is, would you rather drink a beer Rip Wheeler drinks or one that Dylan Mulvaney drinks? Right. That's what he's saying. There it is. And, I, and, and I it st- works. I still maintain most people who have boycotted it aren't even really doing it just out of anger. It's more out of just, okay, I'm done. It's, it's I'm the, done. With, I'm, I don't want to participate in any of this nonsense yeah, it's, anymore. It's the rolling of the eyes. Yeah. It's like, enough already. I'm, I just, I'm not interested in it. And then there's probably another group of people who are really angry about this. Like, this yeah. was, just let me have my damn beer. Right. Right. Well, it's interesting to me how few beer brands have really gone after Bud Light for this, and I think it's because they realize there's no win one way or the other. I mean, you right. can maybe get away with some subtle jabs. You mentioned Coors. Yeah. But you, you really can't make a joke about Bud Light because you also know that there are going to be people who will be ticked off and not buy your brand if you do that. Yeah. It's best to just kind of stay out of it. Make your beer, do your funny commercials. Right. Sell who you are. Right. Tell people who you are. Well, and and let them go ahead and self-sabotage their own brand. They already did it. Cuz a lot of other brands haven't haven't really jumped on it because they see this as a warning. Like, okay, we're just not going to worry about this. The CEO of Heineken was on CNBC and asked whether the Bud Light thing gave it, him a good lesson on marketing strategies. The guy's name is Dolph Vandenbrink. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was a diehard, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Before he so. got into the, yeah, the beer trade. Yeah. Right. This is a perfect non-answer to that to that whole thing. Yes, particularly in the Western world, we do see a lot of uh, polarization in society. And that's uh, affecting all players, all actors in society, also businesses and also brands. And as such, you you have to be thoughtful, you have to be balanced, and at the same time, you need to stand for your your values and your principles. And uh, and we try to do that to the best of of our abilities. And uh, and so far, I'm proud of how our brand teams across our operating companies are navigating this uh, this new world. (laughs) He said nothing. No. Yeah, because you have to, you know, remember your base, but also stay true to your values and yada, yada, yada. It's like it, that. It's a, it's a total Rorschach test of an answer. You see what you want to see in it. 
Um, which is honestly that that's more telling than if he had given a straight up answer one way or the other, because there are a lot of brands that just want to stay out of it. Just make your beer, do your commercials, market the way you need to market. Remember who buys your product. Right. And Bud Light did forget it. And in the doubling down and tripling down and then mealy mouth corporate speak that has come out in the uh, weeks and months since hasn't really helped them at all. And it reminds me, I mean, it's it, to me, and it's just because this is the main business I've been doing is is in radio. I mean, if you want to try to get a younger audience on a news talk format, you don't start playing Cardi B records, right? No, you, you no, just take a no. different approach, right? To to what the product is, and if you want to maybe grow your audience, if you're in a top forty format, you can't have a DJ out there going. Well, that was Taylor Swift. Boy, that sucked, didn't it? All right, we got no, right. Cardi yeah. B up next. I'm going to go put yeah. my face in a fan. You can't do that. But you have Bud Light marketing uh, people who are calling their base stupid. Right. You got you, you have to meet your customer base where they are. You, you don't get to dictate how they think about the world. And Bud Light was a middle-class blue collar working man getting yeah. around with his buddies type of beer and you got a guy pretending to be a 16 year old girl in a bathtub giggling about it who does that relate to yeah, no i mean you're not gonna you're not gonna bring the person who would enjoy that sort of entertainment is not gonna drink a bud light no not today not tomorrow not ever right no matter what you do <laughs> So what are you doing here? What are we doing? Nope. And somebody made six-figure salaries coming up with that, by the way. Yeah, and, and that person will go down in business textbooks as yes. what not to do. Yeah, she works for Kamala Harris now. <laughs> <laughs> she strikes the right tone. Yes, absolutely. Did you hear Joe Biden's answer when he was asked uh, about presidential TV shows and movies? No. This is almost incoherent. I can't wait to get to it. We'll get to that next. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins, Jamie uh, Markley on special assignment. You all right, man? You know, I am. I, I'm really all right. But sometimes I just feel like I, I, I get messages occasionally. People get angry. Yeah. And usually they're angry because they're they're nutty, you know, far left progressive weirdos right mm -hmm. but occasionally get one of these you useful ones realize that trump's stance on covid was two weeks to slow the spread and give the states the ability to manage their own population the ron derp statist crowd are clueless <laughs> that's kind of funny how many states did ronnie control how many does the president stay useful sellouts okay I mean, I just don't even know. You know, I just look at that and go, what in the hell? No, and it's it's yeah. because we had this story about Ron DeSantis talking to Fox News about uh, how how Donald Trump handed over uh, federal policy to Anthony Fauci. And right. I mean, I know there were back and forths on this. Of course there were. But it is true that a lot of states were following what was coming out of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. Yes. And the CDC. And Trump wasn't an opportunity to put a stop to that. He didn't. And look again. I I'm just saying that's that's a fact. That yeah. You know if you don't if you don't care about that if you don't think that that's uh, a reason to not vote for him then then vote for Trump. I don't dude. I don't care if Trump's the nominee. Well, I'm voting for him. Sure, <laughs> I'll, me too. I'll happily I will be yeah. skipping to the polls to vote for right. him. Right. Right. 
Uh, and the same can be said for Ron DeSantis. I'm in a state that the prime, by the time the primary rolls around, it probably won't matter one way or the other. It'll yeah, most likely sure be are. decided. So yeah. uh, I don't have any pressure on that. I'm just telling you what the state of the mm-hmm. primary is right now and what the argument that Ron DeSantis is making. And uh, I mean, and Donald Trump himself, even though it is true that the, the president doesn't have the authority to shut down 50 states or whatever. I mean, Donald Trump on the campaign trail said multiple times, quote, I shut it down. Yeah. I mean, that, those are his own words. And if you don't think that's going to be uh, a liability for him moving forward in the primary, it, then you're kind of crazy. Like, yes, that's going to be a be talked about. If you don't think that that's a big deal, then fine. That's your right to do it. It yeah. doesn't make a difference to me. Well, I just chalk it up as another satisfied customer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, I mean, anyway. you can't listen, man. Whatever you say, whatever you say, however you are, and most of you know this, if you're true to yourself at all, that you're going to say stuff occasionally. It's going to piss somebody off, uh-huh. and that's the way it goes. No, I mean. But, but I mean, it's, it's, it's silly. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're a sellout because you, you took exception with something Donald Trump did. Okay. <laughs> All right, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, I think we can all agree that Joe Biden's a senile old fool, and I have another example of that. Uh, Joe Biden did an interview with a podcaster who asked him whether or not presidential life is accurately portrayed in movies and TV shows. Yeah. And this was the answer. And I, mm, it, I'll just cut to the chase. He never really answers that question, but he does say a lot of words. And get up in the morning, and it wasn't like Ozzie and Harriet. I wasn't fixing their breakfast, but I'd be there and have breakfast with them. They'd take off for school. I'd take off for the train. So I've been back and forth so much. I haven't, I just haven't watched many pro. And by the way, there's a lot of good stuff, I'm sure. I mean, every once in a while I turn on. And by the way, they got a great advantage here. You got a movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. And they they tell me I I get this list what movies are in, and we have the, uh, the the new one that's the um mm-hmm. oh the Oppenheimer Oppenheimer yeah Oppenheimer. I haven't seen it yet I haven't either yeah. they're 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 the movies I see these days I get to see them at night once in a while okay mm-hmm. again the question was about whether uh, yeah presidential themed movies and television shows accurately portray what happens in the White House apparently never seen one. And, well, we're going to talk about Ozzie and Harriet or something, and and where, where did that come? There's from? a movie theater in the in the White House, you know. That's pretty. I don't get to watch many movies, but you know they got Dude, that. Dude, thirty percent of your time you're on vacation. Well, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> do a little catch up, huh? Right, you can do that. It's it's yeah. fine. He probably has seen those movies. He just forgets them. <laughs> Forgot. <right. laughs> this is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins, Jamie Markley on special assignment this week. Thank you, as always, for being here. Uh, We'll get to uh, some of the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden stuff in a minute. Uh, This just uh, came across my desk, Scott. Did you know? Did you know? Yep. That COVID 
is on the rise again in the United States. You know, I just read that the other day, and I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? Are we going back to this again? Does anybody care, really? I mean, no. So so apparently it's like there's been an increase of like 12%. Uh-oh, we got to worry about this now, okay? Everybody, let's let's panic again, all right? I know we told you that these vaccines were effective and, well, not, and all of but this, but anyway. uh, uh, you can't be too careful. MSNBC was uh, was covering this, and they brought on a, uh, a former health official uh, with the Biden, or I'm sorry, with the Obama administration. And uh, here, here's part of the uh, back and forth here. Yeah, I think we've kind of all been noticing that, right? There's someone you know, or people are, you know, think they have a cold and it ends up being COVID. What's going on? What are you seeing? For me personally, yeah. and this is just within my own circle, mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who has taken a COVID test in the last uh, two months. I mean, it's kind of like we our house got hit by COVID again, and we just kind of we did it for different reasons, but we also just kind of had the, uh, the COVID test laying around still. We didn't go out and buy any more. And if I didn't have any, I wouldn't have done the testing because who cares now? Right. I mean, if you're sick, just try to stay home if you can. I mean, that's kind of we're we're in flu protocol now. <laughs> I mean, I hate to throw it out there, but I don't know anybody either right now. I, it, it's kind of like and I the, haven't for months. The the testing stuff, I, I yeah, who cares? Anyway, here's the answer from the expert. Well, we're seeing the same thing, Jose, in clinic. We're, we are, as you said, hospitalizations going up. Let me just start with some good news. We are not seeing anywhere near the dramatic rises that we saw in previous summers or previous years. That's good news. That's because a large part of the population has already either been infected and vaccinated or both several times. So what I think people need to know is that I would just get people on alert that when you're in those crowded spaces, think about the coughs and the colds. And sometimes many people don't even have any symptoms. A mask can be your best friend. Keep it private. Back in time, we've had them in our pockets and our coats and our backpacks. Time to bring them out again, especially as the school season starts. We don't want to see kids missing school for things that we could have prevented. There you go. So you have your mask laying around, right, Scott? You're going to put that back on? No. No. I don't. I mean, I got rid of them. I had like three of them. Because every time I went to see my mom, who's in a, a independent living type facility, mm-hmm. I had to put a mask on. And so a lot of times I'd go, gosh, dang it, I can't find my mask. They'd give me one. Mm-hmm. So I, got, I had like six of them stacked up, <laughs> you know. And there was a cottage industry out there. People were making a pile of money making them. Oh, yeah. With, like, Cubs logos or, or whatever your favorite baseball team mm-hmm. is, you know, football team, whatever. Yeah, so I, you know, but nobody's going to do this. We're not doing this again. No. We're not doing this. I hate it when they start talking about the school year coming up. No. Don't even start. Don't even start. Don't even bring it up. People will, I mean, there will be pitchforks and torches if that happens again. Yeah, they're, they're, we're, guarantee not, we're not doing it. this. Uh, again it, we're, not. we're not going to do this again no no and and you know it's it, it, i think it's really telling of the msnbc audience though that apparently this is advice that people are just desperate for still yeah know, three and a half years after the fact right like no no nah we're not no. we're we're not really going to be worried about that we've got seasonal diseases that are passed around mm-hmm. every year um, somehow we get them and we recover and we're back to fight another day. Yep. It's just part of the process. Sure is. People get yeah. sick. Colds, flus, things like that. Yes, it yeah. happens. It, it does happen.
All right, uh, Hunter Biden's old business friend or and and personal friend as well, Devin Archer, told lawmakers that Joe Biden was at in some level uh, involved in the business. Hunter used used him to uh, sell the brand. He was always the closer, right? You get yes. you get close with your uh, potential business partners or investors or whoever, and you say, hey. You know, you know what? You want some you you want some insurance here? I can get the big guy on the phone at any time. Calls right. him up, puts Joe on speakerphone and says, "This is the vice president that you're speaking to right now, sir." And <clears throat> so we we've gone again from he never was involved in any of it. Never even spoke to Joe Biden or never right. even spoke to Hunter Biden about uh his business to now, well Joe had casual conversations and that's normal, right? Yes. And now we're supposed to believe that Joe had no choice but to pick up the phone because Bo Biden had just died. Right. That's the new talking point right now, and it's yes. incredible. Uh, and here is uh, Eugene Robinson. He is the Washington Post associate editor, also MSNBC regular, talking about this. He had to take Hunter's calls because Bo Biden had died. You could certainly argue that at, at some point, if if Hunter Biden put um, uh, President Biden on the speakerphone for like 20 times, um, you could certainly ask whether at some point he, uh, President Biden might have said, hey, quit putting me on speakerphone. Uh, you know, are, are you having a business meeting? Like, what, what is that about? But um, but the context is that uh, this was a, a, a sort of very fraught and, and sad time for the Biden family. And we know how important family is uh, to the president. And so do you hang up on your phone, on your, on your son uh, at, at any time, but certainly at a moment like that? And probably the answer is no. Well, and again, that's fine if Hunter Biden's hitting a low point and he's in his apartment or condo or wherever he is, and he calls dad and dad's like, okay, I got to take this call. But Hey, Dad, you're on speakerphone with some of my buddies. Nobody's believing that, that he just stayed on the line out of, out of sympathy or out of a, a devotion to family. He did it because he knew that his son was closing the deal. And part of this, uh, part of the information that has come out as well just today, Hunter Biden told his then-business partner, Devin Archer, to buy a burner phone just three days before a meeting was set up with the Vice President Joe Biden at the, at the White House. Weeks later, after the White House meeting, it was announced that Archer and Hunter would be joining the board at a Ukrainian gas company, Burisma. Buy a cell phone, Hunter Biden told Devin Archer, buy a cell phone from a 7-Eleven or CBS tomorrow and I'll do the same. Hunter Biden kept 13 phone numbers active on his AT&T account and some may have even belonged to Joe Biden. Yeah. Of course they were coordinating they may this have, stuff. Yeah. Come on, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. Watch a mafia movie once in your life, and you'll understand what is actually going on here. But, hey, you know, they just talked about yep. the weather, and they just talked about uh, the morning Bo Biden, okay? I mean, what does your son putting you on speakerphone and having dinner with business partners, what other purpose would that serve yeah. other than to impress them to the fact that the vice president is available to them? Of course. I mean, that's what this is about. And Joe Biden plays along because he knows what the deal is. I mean, if for any type of 
malfeasance that you do in your life, if you can use someone's death as an excuse for your behavior, uh, we wouldn't convict anybody. Right. Ever. I mean, right. this is so lame. It and is. this is this is what they're trotting well, out now. It's gross, too. I mean, it's, it's it is gross. probably the maddest I've ever been uh, just listening to the radio was hearing Joe Biden after 13 service members were killed in Kabul during the botched evacuation of Afghanistan. Right. And he brought up how he felt those parents' pain because Bo Biden passed away. Bo Biden dying from cancer is a tragedy. It It, it is yeah, always a tragedy if a parent outlives their kid. It's not the same as having a kid serving in uniform, getting blown up because Joe Biden couldn't do his job. Not the same thing. And it, But they trot out Bo Biden all the time to try to excuse anything that Joe Biden has done wrong. If they can shoehorn right. it in one way or the other. And then Joe Biden a couple of different times said that Bo died serving in Iraq. He didn't Which die. Which wasn't true. He no. didn't die in combat. He didn't die in Iraq even. He died no. in the United States. Well, he was a JAG officer. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was a lawyer. Uh, attorney. Yeah. yeah. And... It, it, yeah, it, it's it's disgusting what they do with the memory of Bo Biden. It really. I mean, is. And unfortunately, parents lose children. That's an unfortunate yeah. thing when it happens. It certainly is. But my goodness, no, uh, this is the best they could come up with, I guess. Yeah. On on a slightly lighter note, uh, last week the House of Representatives took a little step towards building an AI regulatory framework. They have the AI Accountability Act. This calls for the government to study AI accountability and then report back in a couple of years, uh, hopefully to come up with ideas for uh, regulating artificial intelligence. Uh, Fox News talked to some lawmakers about whether regulation is needed right now, and Republican Representative Tim Burchett had a pretty funny response, uh, at least to me. I thought this was pretty good. I don't know that we need regulation. I'm, I'm for a free economy. I'm for, uh, you want to stifle growth, you start putting laws on it. Let a bunch of guys up here are wearing jc penny leisure suits and still have eight track tape players and they're 72 vegas start talking <laughs> about technology then you got some problems yeah, it is and you know I'm, I'm not a fan now of uh john stewart at all but back when he was no. doing the the daily show yeah there was one montage he had put together when they were talking about internet regulation and a bunch of congress members were saying you know these these old fogies these people who are way out of touch don't know what computers are what the internet is and it was this big montage of them calling uh experts in the field nerds and geeks it's like well i'm not a nerd i'm not a geek i'm not whatever all this stuff and john stewart came back and i thought it was a pretty good line i think the word you're looking for is expert right somebody who actually yeah. knows what they're talking about with all of yeah. this yeah so I remember how confusing that was for all of them. Yeah, right. I mean, just what does WWW stand for exactly? <laughs> it's stupid stuff like that. No. Right? Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think you got to you got to start planning. Uh, really, the time to start planning for AI was like five years ago when we were first really seeing the writing on the wall. But, you know, they laid dollar short and whatnot, but hopefully the world doesn't end before 2025. Well, it's close to it when they shut down Hollywood because yeah, of AI. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, this is an interesting stat. For the first time ever, country songs hold the top three spots on the Billboard Hot 100. We'll, wow, We'll talk man. about that and much more. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.
the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out this week. He'll be back next Monday. Well, just got our hands on a uh, a new email that was sent by Hunter Biden. Oh, 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 uh, good. I'm sorry. It was sent to Hunter Biden from Burisma, oh. the Ukrainian gas company, oh. in 2015. Okay. The scope of our work should also include organization of a visit of a number of widely recognized and influential current and or former U.S. policymakers to Ukraine in November, aiming to conduct meetings with and bring positive signals and messages and support on the issue to the Ukrainian top officials uh, with the ultimate purpose to close down for any cases or pursuits against us in the future. It gets a well, little now. bit broken because of the uh, translation, but yes. the final goal was to make sure that Ukrainian company Burisma was able to not be under investigation. And then, you know, a few months later, Joe Biden goes to we, Ukraine and then threatens say, to withhold a billion dollars in aid uh, if they don't fire a particular prosecutor. And hmm. SOB. They did. Yeah, and they fired him. They sure did. I gave did. him six hours, Joe said. I gave him six hours. Yep. So there's no evidence, though, of any sort of corruption, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> the, and, you know, with the way the involvement the, this administration is with the Ukraine now, yeah. does that, any of this ever come up as perhaps well? You oh, know? That's, that's why I say a lot of times when they're uh, talking about uh, protecting Ukraine, it's not about democracy or even... Uh, combating russia it's about protecting their own investments yeah. there's been yeah. a lot there have been a lot of favors there with you gosh dang <laughs> so yeah we got to be on board with this or else Zelensky's going to talk about joe biden i still find it curious too that uh the idiot brother james hasn't been brought into this yeah well he, I mean, again, he was around during some of this stuff yeah oh, oh yeah of course he does i mean he's he, he's well known for talking about uh, or trying to get investors uh, into whatever business scheme he's involved in at the time. Yeah. Uh, basically saying, hey, Joe Biden's a powerful guy, and he, he knows me. Uh, I mean, there was yeah. a story even in um, – this was about the time in 2019 when a bunch of uh, media started to turn on Joe Biden because he was too old. He's senile, obviously. Um, and this is before Bernie Sanders started to surge, and it freaked them out to have Bernie Sanders as the front runner, so they right. decided to turn – they everybody dropped out and supported joe biden and whatnot but even at the time politico or washington post i think ran a story about james biden about joe's brother talking to uh people in the medical industry in florida saying hey you want to try to get in on the ground floor of an investment my brother not only was the vice president but very well could be president in a year so you want to get in now you wanna you wanna invest now because we might be able to make some deals happen. Just they're sleeping in chairs. They're so crooked, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, and it's and, just a and bad now, bad bunch of people. And now it's golly. Just, and now we're told by the same media outlets that initially reported on that stuff when they didn't like Joe. There's no evidence of any sort of wrongdoing or any sort of grift that was going on. God Please, dang, of course man. there's grift, man. <laughs> uh, this is a fascinating story here. Uh, the top three spots on the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time ever are all country songs. This is insane. I didn't know this. Number three, it's Luke Combs' cover of Fast Car. Yeah, that's a big deal now. Uh, Morgan Wallen's Last Night. 
number yeah. two, and Jason Aldean's Try That in a Small Town. All three of these guys, to different uh, degrees, have been the targets of cancel culture. They've tried to can't remember because Morgan yeah, Wallen Morgan got Wallen. drunk and then called a white guy the N word. The N word. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we got to. Everybody's gonna wet their pants and can't have uh, can't have Morgan Wallen out there because uh, he's racist or something. Even though it was a white guy that he was talking to. Right. Um, and then Luke Combs. There were people who tried to call him racist because appropriation. He he covered a Tracy Chapman Tracy song. Chapman song. Yeah. Okay. And then Jason Aldean tried that in a small town, was supposedly racist because he said, hey, don't riot in towns. Especially By the way, did ones. anybody ask Tracy Chapman about how she feels about those royalty checks? Oh, she likes it. She likes oh, the yeah. cover. This oh, is yeah. the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Tracy Chapman, I, to my understanding, that everybody's good with it. Dude, it, the thing is selling like crazy. And you're, and well, you, yeah. again, you're not allowed to be more mad than the person directly affected by it, but... You know, and all three of those songs being on the Billboard Hot 100, not the country, but the Billboard yeah. Hot 100, is amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think people are starved for, like, guitars and story songs and yeah, well, melodies and things like that. I don't know. Maybe yeah, and, and the Jason Aldean thing is because it's a big middle finger. It's like well, They no. told me not to listen to it or like it, yeah. so I'm going to. Yeah, That's, it works all the time. Yep. All right, we got the big trifecta. Scott's top three stories of the day coming up and a news update on the way. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins, Jamie Markley on special assignment. we got your big trifecta coming up here in uh, just a few minutes, but I've got two things I need to share with you. So one is uh, it has to do with the Joe Biden, Hunter Biden phone calls, right? Uh, we were told that, yeah, okay, so Joe Biden uh, may have been on speaker talking to some of uh, Hunter Biden's clients and whatnot, but... They're just talking about the weather, right? Yeah. So there's a meme, and it's got a photo of Joe Biden and a photo of Hunter Biden, followed by another photo of Joe Biden uh, as they're having a phone conversation. And in the first panel, Joe Biden says, put them on the phone. I want to talk about the weather. Hunter <laughs> Biden says, you want to talk about the weather? Joe Biden responds, yeah, whether they got our bleeping money or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Like That's that pretty one. good. And then Kamala Harris doing a uh, speech today trotted out her favorite line. Here we go. Listen to this. But significantly, the members of this church saw what could be unburdened by what had been. Dude, that it's it's like she came up with that line in the shower one day and thought it's great. I'm going to use it all the time. I, I did a montage of her talking, uh, saying that exact line. Oh, really? Under all sorts of different circumstances with different audiences, talking about like student loan uh, debt forgiveness, space exploration, manufacturing. I mean, she thought of that line and she thinks it's so brilliant she's going to just repeat it until somebody puts it on a calendar or a motivational poster or something. Mm-hmm. Here's the montage. We have the ability to see what can be. To see what can be. Unburdened by what has been. To see what can be. Unburdened by what has been. We are guided by what we see that can be. Unburdened by what has been. Unburdened by what has been. To see what can be. Unburdened by what has been. We as Democrats have an ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been and then to make the possible 
actually happen. Dude. What is wrong with this lady? Oh, I'm exhausted. I, I mean, she, there, there's not one skill set there. Public, she's a terrible politician. The the speaking thing, because every everything is supposed to be grandiose. Mm-hmm. It just comes off. It's again the same line. Well, I guess it worked once. You just try it again. But again, it's not even really. It's not like a campaign slogan. It's not like you can. Right. You know, if you wanted to hop on the Build Back Better train again, you could say right. that's why we say Build Back Better. Back better. You know, yeah. Trump with his uh, Make America Great Again uh, uh, branding, saying that over and over again. That's a slogan. People understand, and that that it's malleable. It can be applied in different circumstances we're doing this because our goal is to make america great again this is like kind it's like a b-grade line for one speech yeah but she repeats it in multiple circumstances every time trying to say this is a unique moment yeah it's like three different posters at successories right (laughs) i mean and they all have mountain landscapes behind them but (laughs) it's well, and and it is kind of like by what has been like Joe and both uh, and Kamala both like to say that fill in the blank is the backbone of America. Remember, was it yeah. oh, was yeah. it Kamala who said that? What was it? It was um, uh, trans black women are the backbone of America. Of America, yeah. I'm like really? Yeah. <laughs> well. Nothing against trans black women. I'm just saying I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. Deal if they, with the backbone of America. Yeah, if they um, all retired at the same time, I'm pretty sure this nation of ours yeah. would keep on ticking. You know, yep. it's yeah. Anyway, yeah. Golly, man. And this Ooh, was today. That's today. That's today. Unburdened by what has been. How about and be you know un- there, there are consultants that work with these people. I mean, they've been working with her a long time because mm. she's terrible at this, and they've just kind of let her loose here the last few days. <laughs> And and you know why she she's been caged up because you you can't put her out there, you can't because you get nonsense like this. Right. It's like a it's like a, a major league baseball pitcher who makes his way up to the show and he's got one really good pitch. He's got a pretty good slider. Yeah. Right. But then you know you get a few weeks into the season and everyone knows the timing of it now and the guy can't throw a fastball, can't throw a curveball, right. can't throw anything else. He's got Here that one slider. Yep. And then it's batting practice. Yep. Every time he goes out on the mound. It's the Beatles trying to wedge the, the phrase, here comes the sun, into every one of their songs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to find a way to get that in. Let there, it be. Right? Here comes the comes sun. The sun. <laughs> Let it be. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Yesterday, All right, you ready for your big trifecta? Here comes the sun. Yeah, go ahead. All yeah, right, let's, let, let's do it. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right, top three stories of the day. According to Scott Robbins, we call it the trifecta. We count them yeah. down three, two, and one the way Casey Kasem taught us. Uh, number three, Ron DeSantis sent a letter to Kamala Harris. You know, <laughs> he's had enough of her trotting around the country lying about this this uh, the the tone and verbiage used at, regarding slavery mm-hmm. that was written by African American professor who is a pro is his family was products of slaves right yeah and again there's nothing in there that says African Americans benefited from being slaves the the terminology of course is that 
did there was there a skill set they could apply later once they were free that was a positive thing yeah that's and correct me if I'm wrong David but that's, yeah and it's not even really putting it in a as a as like oh well that was a good thing it's more no. just saying no here's here are here is basically how enslaved yes. people were able to adapt and overcome terrible circumstances and multiple curricula used in a, in a, in a number of different school districts and uh, different uh, school materials use basically the same verbiage. Yeah. Yeah. But they're losing their minds. Yeah, they're just they're, lying about it. Yeah, they're lying about it and they get away with it. So uh, Ron DeSantis and his people tweeted out uh, the governor has invited VP Kamala Harris to meet with him in Florida to discuss the state's new black history curriculum, which she has criticized as propaganda. Says he's ready to meet as soon as Wednesday, unless she has a trip to the southern border plan that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. It's the trifecta. Top three stories of the day, according to Scott Robbins. We're down to number two. Joe Biden repeated the debunked Amtrak story. Yes, he did. Uh, the president just keeps repeating this very questionable claim that he traveled over a million miles over the 36 years that he traveled on Amtrak in a recent interview. Now, this has been debunked a thousand times. Yeah. He's done this before. But he went back to the well and told the same story again. And, well, here we go. I got to know all the conductors so well that I became friends. And one day, as vice president, I was going home on the train, which the Secret Service doesn't like because there's so many opportunities to interrupt the train. Um, and this particular, I'm not going to embarrass him and say his name, company, grab him and she goes, Joey, baby. And I thought they're going to shoot him. And I said, no, no, he's right. He said, I just read in the paper, you traveled a million, 100,000 miles on Air Force planes because you got to list how many miles you travel on. And he said, big deal. He said, Joey, we had a retirement dinner. He said, you know what? You, you figured out. You know how many miles you travel on Amtrak? I said, no. He said, a million, 200,000 miles, 119 days a year, 300 days, 300 miles round trip, 36 years plus five. I'm going, oh my point was I was on the train a lot. Now, the guy's referring to, uh, by the way, it had been retired for 20 years. Yeah. And, and is currently dead. Yeah, he had, he had passed away by the time yes. Joe Biden actually crossed that milestone. But Joe likes to lie. He always has. And then he was always talking about going back to see his sick mother, too, who died in 2010, by the way. So that wasn't possible either. No. Golly. It's crazy. You know, it's one thing to tell a story and misrepresent yourself or misrepresent the story. As And, and you know, again, you go back in your brain, you've had so many stories through your life, and you try to remember exactly what happened. It's hard to do that sometimes. I get it. Yeah. But when someone corrects you, and says, dude, yeah. that didn't happen. I mean, you wrote on Amtrak, but that didn't happen the way you said it happened. It didn't, never did. Yeah. Don't do that again. And he just keeps doing it. Of course he does. And nobody nobody says, hey, wait a minute, Joe. Well, wait, we know that's not true. Well, part of the strategy, too, whenever he tells that story, he knows it's a new audience. So this podcaster is based in, in the U.K. that he did the interview with. Yeah. And so you're just kind of sitting there listening to an old man telling stories. He may not know. That that's a made-up story. Well, that's true. Because right. that's one that in the moment, you know, I, I'm just trying to put myself in a different situation. If I, you know, if I'm interviewing the mayor of some town and I, I don't I don't know the guy, 
and he tells me this story about I don't know a, a, a middle school teacher that he's told right. a million times. Yes, talking about how nice she was and all that stuff, and then later. Somebody says, oh, by the way, he, he didn't even go to that middle school. He right. didn't even grow up in this town. Well, I may not know that because that's a personal life detail. Yeah, that, that is true. In the, yeah. in the course of preparing for an interview, I may not know the guy's entire biography. Uh, but then somebody from the town will say, like, oh, yeah, by the way, he never even knew that, that teacher. Um, and, and then I'd be embarrassed. It's weird that you lie about that. It's, it's one of those that's hard to disprove. It's just crazy. Yeah, and no one's going to challenge him on it. No. So that It is what it is. All right, it's the trifecta top three stories of the day, according to Scott yep. Robbins. We're down to number one. Uh, the FEC has a uh, new reporting out confirming the legal expenses for Donald Trump are crushing the campaign. You know, I was wondering about this the other day. Um, and And hopefully in your life you never have to cross with a lawyer for any reason. Um, I have. They're not cheap. None of them are, and for good reason. They're they're highly skilled people, and this is what they do. And they take a uh, complicated legal situation, and they they represent you, mm-hmm. whatever way they can. Right? You need you need them for the legal documents. I got nothing against lawyers, but I'm wondering with Trump, like five or six different fires out there burning constantly. Mm-hmm. Right? How is he affording all this? Well, thirty million dollars in the second quarter, by the way, of 2023 mm-hmm. in legal fees. Yeah. And you get you spread that out during, and he's got several different packs that you can contribute money to. Yeah, and of course, some of that is for his legal defense. But that's a lot of money, and you start to wonder to yourself: Is there going to be any money left over after all this is said and done to run a successful campaign well, when you need to flood the market with advertising? And you know, I think the the good news for Trump is that you know he's got near universal name recognition and so that is true you know you can go out there and when you can command media with a tweet or a a post on truth social or whatever then you don't necessarily need the kind of advertising dollars that other candidates would need um but it does you're not introducing yourself to america right and and that's you know that's one of the things that the government does all the time though and talk to anybody who's been through the uh, criminal justice system for any reason whatsoever, the government, your local prosecutor, much less the DOJ, they've got almost unlimited resources if they want to go and get you. Yeah. If they want to, they can string it out. They can, I mean, when you have even cheaper defense attorneys and you've got this person working on your case, maybe you've got a bunch of other clients, but every time they show up in court, they're expecting to get paid for that. Because yeah. that's their job. And so part of what happens, and I've, I've seen this just having covered court cases uh, for, for a few years as a reporter, where, I mean, if you go into misdemeanor court, a lot of those people are basically getting bled out until they plead down to a lesser crime. It's, it's basically a prosecutor just wants to get a bunch of convictions on his or her record, um, in order to to pad the stats for any sort of uh, you know future promotion, what have you, and that's what they're doing to Trump. And I, I do think that is a dangerous uh, precedent to start setting when we're when we're doing this with uh, presidential candidates or even former uh, presidents. Um, they're they're trying to bleed him dry. I I would agree with that, and. That's what I always wonder about because I kept hearing about this. I'm like, he's got a battalion of lawyers. Mm-hmm. I mean, if each if you've got five or six people on every case, my God, man, the amount of money. Yeah, 
And I mean, not to mention it, it, different jurisdictions. Sometimes yeah. you can't, you know, somebody who's uh, who can right. practice in federal court in southern uh, Flor- or South Florida uh, isn't going to be able to defend you in a courtroom in Manhattan. You get a, You got to have a different uh, yeah. you got to have a different lawyer for that. And then Fulton County, Georgia, for the 2020 election stuff. Uh, he's probably going to be indicted fairly soon at some point. They're, yeah. They say that they're ready to go with something. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got to have teams of lawyers all over the country, and that's kind of the point. Right. That's, that's what they're. That's what the left is doing right now. Gosh dang. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money. And meanwhile, you know, Hunter Biden, hey, he didn't do anything wrong. Neither did Joe. No, 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 no problem. Yeah. I, right. just tell, I would just tell the left, be careful what you're doing here. Oh, I agree. And be careful yeah. what you're cheering because it's going to come back on you with a vengeance. Yep. At some point. But they are not capable of thinking uh, about what happens next. Let's just try to win in the moment. All right, we got Nimrods in the news plus a news update coming up. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Mark Lee is out this week. He'll be back on Monday. Thank you so much for being here. Well, wouldn't you know it, Scott? California and New York. Huh. Turns out that they've lost a combined $640 million in tax revenue because of people moving out of the state. I did see this, yeah, and it doesn't surprise me at all. No, Florida and Nobody Texas, talks about this, though. Nobody. No, Florida and Texas got an increase of $23 billion. Yeah, people yeah. going there. Yeah. Yep. The two states currently uh, top the table, that talking about California and New York, with the largest net negative tax income migration. Uh, it's California, then New York, uh, and then you've got, uh, let's see. Illinois. Illinois is number yeah, three. New number Jersey three. and Massachusetts. Yeah. Yep. Illinois is shooting for number two or one. Yeah, they're, or, yeah, again, if you're going to try to be good at something, try to be the best at it. And, yeah, yeah. You're uh, either first or last. At all yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> anyway, time for Nimrods in the news. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. The 45-year-old woman, uh, Sakila Coles, director of parking enforcement for a town in Pennsylvania. Well, she was caught stealing from the parking meters in order to buy things like birthday cakes for office parties. <laughs> she Jeez. used it as petty cash. Overall, she took more than four grand. She's in a lot wow, of trouble. Wow, man. Yeah, that's Nimrod in the news.